welcome to the east side of Pennsylvania. You know, thanks for coming out. This is episode 16 of the Four Lifters by Lifters podcast. Uh, I feel like there was quite a bit of begging to get you over here, uh, finally. But we've been sponsoring you for what, maybe a year and a half now? Year? Something like that, yeah. 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 Um, which is pretty cool. I mean, uh, when I originally reached out to, to Teeters, he's like my central Pennsylvania contact for out there. Him and I are pretty close. And I asked him about you, and he was like, listen, he goes, this guy's either going to set an all-time world record or break his back trying to do it. And he's like, I, I think he's going to do it. And then he told me you were, uh, you're 25 now. I think you were 23 when we initially started talking. And uh, he told me you're 23. I'm like, holy shit, like, this kid's, this kid's <laughs> insane. Um, you know, what, what got you into powerlifting? Like, how'd that start? Uh, I think it was a kind of weird mix of things. So I was always a big athlete. I did track and did some baseball, football. I tried to wrestle a little bit. It wasn't my thing, but I tried a little bit of everything. Yeah. Mainly football when I got to my, I'm going to say, junior year of football. I think it was more of a – I was pretty heavy, and then I lost a lot of weight in one year. What's and, pretty heavy? Well, I mean, when I was like a – Junior in high school, I was probably like 260, but not like a great 260, yeah. you know? Yeah, a little sloppy. Yeah, and then uh, I think I was like 220 by the end of the season. Okay. So I got real slim, started looking better. It's probably more of like uh, I just wanted to look better what kind of thing. What position were you? Defensive end, uh, middle linebacker, and then on offense, uh, pulling guard and tight end. So, okay. So for tight end, it would help to be thin, thinner. Yeah. But for the other positions, you could be meaty, so you didn't have to diet down mm-hmm. for that, right? Yeah. You just wanted to. Yeah. And then, uh, actually, we talked about Smith. He plays a part in here. Uh, I had a couple buddies, a uh, guy that nobody really sees a lot of. His name was um, Logan, little men, and we were always real close. He lifted. He had a really big bench, like close to 500 pounds when I was in high school. And it didn't matter what. I did, and he always ended up trying to talk me to drag me to the gym. And this dude drove through like four feet of snow one time in his Duramax to come pick me up, just take me to the gym. <laughs> and so he played a part in it. He got me to lift him a little bit more. And then Smith messaged me one day, or somehow we started talking. And he pulled me in East Coast. And as soon as I, as soon as he pulled me in East Coast, it was like done. Like yeah. I just, I loved it. And then I got hooked on it. Yeah, it's a cool gym over there. It was, a, it was a good atmosphere in the basement that they had. I don't know if anybody still lifts there anymore. Um, Handful of people. Yeah, yeah. but they uh, – it's just such like an old school, you know, and, and everybody's crammed together, so you kind of have to work with everybody in that little room. It was a small room. Yeah, yeah. so it, it was cool. It was cool being it's there. It's just, you know, when it was like me, Smith, Teeters, Nick, um, Subco, Nom. We were and, all uh, in there at the Wayland. same time. Yeah, yeah. Carrie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys are some big dudes. Mm-hmm. So. But uh, so you started lifting at East, East Coast, and did you compete, like, right away? Did you? I want to say I actually did my first meet when I was a senior in high school. Okay. Yeah, I think I did my senior year in high school. And it was like, uh, I can't even think of what the federation was. USAPA or something like that, like a some kind of high school federation, and it was, I think it was in, uh, it was in Philly. Okay. It might have been in Philly, and uh, it was like, well, what made it funny was, I was probably about two fifty maybe something like that, and I didn't have a singlet, so I had to borrow a singlet from my buddy, and it was it was pink. Yeah. I had to wear the, I wore this pink singlet, 
and we went to this uh they had to meet at a school but here it was like one of those schools where the kids aren't allowed to leave because they're bad yeah yeah i think i know what school you're talking about yeah it was yeah. i went in there and i won my weight class i think i pulled 700 it was like the first time i pulled 700 and you're in high school yeah i was a senior in high school so i went in and like deadlifted 700 pounds and a pink singlet <laughs> in front of all these kids and i literally thought i was gonna get stabbed before yeah. i left but we made that alive so yeah <laughs> uh when, when i was at penn state we used to compete against the, the guys in jail do you ever hear about that no <laughs> no so you know how there's like a there's like a federal penitentiary up there or something mm -hmm. you know what i'm talking about right outside state college yeah um so the one guy that i guess ran the security or whatever um he was a USAPL powerlifter and he was tied in with the Federation and Penn State powerlifting's USAPL. And, uh, so the team, and it had to be all men, they wouldn't let women in, um, would have to get clearance and then they would compete against the guys in jail. <laughs> and uh, it, I think it was a good atmosphere because a lot of kids were pretty soft back then. And, mm -hmm. uh, like some kids were just afraid of like these guys in jail. Yeah. Like, nobody's going to stab you. Like nothing's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Like they, this is their fun. They're not going to ruin that. Um, but yeah, it was probably a good experience for you. So where'd you take it after that meet? I think the next one I did with, uh, I did with Leland and Nick and who else is there? Someone else is there. Eddie. You remember what's that? His last name. I know. I think I know who you're talking about. I think he's a shorter guy. Perrin? No. Oh yeah. Yeah. He moved out to like Colorado. Yeah. 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 He was there. And then, um, Tyler news. Don't know him. Tyler news yeah. was there. And it was uh, RPS Raw Dogs in like 2000, oh man, maybe like 14, 2014. Okay. Yeah. Like, I think I had just got a regular singlet or something like that. And I still didn't have like no knee sleeves, no wrist, uh, knee wraps. Yeah. Like a bare knee squatted like 620 or 630. I think I benched four or five and pulled 750. That's a pretty good meet for a Something 19 like year old. I was like 19, yeah. yeah. I was like it's 260, I think, body weight that one. Yeah. What, uh, I mean, how were you training back then? Just uh, stupid. Super stupid. Yeah. Just <laughs> go in and do whatever I felt like doing. Go heavy all the time. But were you doing like, were you doing like a squat day, a bench day, you know, a deadlift day? And then like, you know, maybe some. My training else? was very unorganized when I was 19 years old. <laughs> it was, uh, I know I only I think I only benched one time a week. I think I did everything one time a week, but it was like just heavy and like unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. I feel like when you're young, you can get away with that just because the Somewhat, stimulus. Yeah. Like you keep growing, you, your body repairs faster, and then you know eventually you hit a wall, which I'm sure you did. Mm -hmm. And then you had to change your training and change the way you're doing things. You know, you probably got hurt. Some you know some type of, of like milestone happened. Yeah. And you know you had to pivot. Um, so what'd you do when you when you hit your wall? Well, I, I can't say that I ever hit a huge wall. Maybe on um, probably squat and bench was the longest. I think, I mean, naturally, I think I'm just a good deadlifter. Cause, I mean, arms, it took man. a period of time to go through the sevens and the eights and to get the nine. But it, it yeah. felt like as soon as I broke seven, I was in the sevens. But then as soon as I broke the 800 barrier, then I was in the eights. Yeah. You know, I mean, it mean, doesn't happen as fast as I'd like to in the nines yet, but... Yeah, well, what's your best so far? Deadlift? Yeah. Uh, 9.45 in the gym with straps. Okay. And then in a meet, 9.15. Okay. And that's, uh, like, the deadlift bar, you know, the whole nine at yeah. the meet. Yep. Yeah. Do you it, think that makes a big difference when you're pulling? 
I think a lot of it has to do with the bar for me. Like in the gym, like the Texas bar I train with, there's a lot of whip, so I feel like once the whip saddle puts me in a better position. But if I pull on a stiffer bar, then I feel like it makes me kind of tip over, round over faster. Okay, because your shoulders are more forward, so yeah. you're not as upright when mm-hmm. the bar breaks the ground. Yeah. I. Uh, it's always funny, like, how people go back and forth. So you have, like, you know, the what I call, like, the... I guess Donnie Thompson would call them the poppies, right? And that's like the USAPL group. Um, you have the drug tested lifters. You know, everything's very methodical and calculated. And, you know, uh, Mike Teixeira, do you know who that is? Mm-mm. No. So he was like the first one, at least of, of popular culture, that would hook up the uh, the device to measure his bar speed so he could, you know. It, and I started thinking of uh, Rocky when he's fighting the, uh, the Russian guy and they have all the stuff hooked up to him. And, like, is it too much? Like, do you really need to do all that stuff? But, and then you have, like, the other side, which is, okay, with PEDs, you know, if you're close enough on depth, you know, it's a pretty good squat and everybody's kind of happy. Um, but one thing I always hear is, like, you know, and Colin's doing a good job with it, but, um, you know, they, they kind of complain, like, okay, that guy deadlifted 900 pounds, but, you know, it's on a deadlift bar, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you probably You mean, like, USPA compared to, like, US USAPL, yeah. yeah, like the two comparisons. Um but I feel like that's, uh, you know, 900 pounds on a deadlift bar is probably still what, like 850 on a stiff bar? I don't know. I think that's I think that's personal. Yeah? You I, think I, so know, I know guys that can pull better on a stiff bar. Really? I think, I just think it depends on your build and what position it puts you in. True. I guess if you can get it off the ground easier yeah. with a stiff bar, maybe it could be beneficial, mm-hmm. like sumo. And you're not going to have the whip out at the end of the bar either. Yeah. How do you uh, – like, how do you – train now for trying to build your deadlift so you're at 915 in a meet and the all-time world records 939 939 that's what you tried to go for when your hand ripped right yeah i tried it um march of 19 okay yeah i pulled i tried 941 i got to my knees and ripped calluses yeah which i was skeptical because i opened up with 881 and i had a tiny tear on the one and it didn't really start to bleed yet, but it seemed to open it up, and I was kind of worried about it. Yeah. Well, then actually, when I when I tried to pull 941, the side that didn't have any tears is just one to tour. You maybe you overcompensated. Maybe like you knew yeah. like in the back of your head that this is you know this is the hand that's ripping on me. You know, let me use the other one and see mm-hmm. what happens. Uh, you ever try super glue? No, I've I never tried super glue. It works. <laughs> it works. Yeah, if your calves no, are tearing off, you just super glue them back on. No, yeah. never tried it. <laughs> next time <laughs> next time so how are you training now i mean you you that's what you care about the most right the deadlift record yeah i mean i think at the beginning yes but there's a part of me that wants to show everybody and prove that i'm not just a deadlift specialist you know i mean it's total 2230 uh in july which Pretty was cool. a big pr on total yeah. I hit a small PR on squat, but my squat's coming around. I think I'll be squatting nine here within the next year. Okay. And so, that's with knee wraps? Yeah, wraps. Yeah. Yep. Do you uh, do you prefer squatting and knee wraps? I want to say yes because it's what I'm better at, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm not against completing in sleeves sometime. I okay. You know, I think I'd like to have a total on both. Do you train in both? Yeah, off-season, like a lot of off-season trainings in sleeves. Okay. I try to build that up. So sleeves is harder for me. So I do a lot of training in them, a lot of volume, stuff like that, Mm -hmm. to try to carry over. If I build up my leg strength and then get the benefits out of the wraps, then that should carry over and help me a bigger squat on meet day. I've always found that, um, you know, raw lifting like that will carry over better with uh, 
with wraps if you know how to use them, right? Mm-hmm. So I've, uh, you know, I find that when you wrap your knees, you know, you sit back a little bit further, you're using your posterior chain a little bit more, uh, you know, your hamstring dominant instead of quad dominant. So it's just loading a, a bigger, stronger muscle. Um, but it can also be beneficial for people that want to compete in sleeves is it can be a form of overloading. And I feel like that's something that a lot of people miss out on. Um, maybe because the stigma of it being gear, um, not sure, but do you ever lift in, uh, in briefs or anything like that? No, no interest in gear whatsoever. Uh, I actually have a deadlift suit, but okay. I have yet to even put a leg in it. I mean, you bought it for a reason. What was the reason? Yeah, uh, I'd like to pull a thousand. You know, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to react to this suit. I don't know if it's going to give me or if it's going to hurt me. I've been practicing it. Like I said, I haven't tried it on yet. But yeah. it's got its time and its place right now. <clears throat> right now, I want to. I'm trying to build up that total, mm-hmm. and I feel like if I take, you know, six months just to learn to perfect the suit, then that was six months I wasted that I could have been. You know, bigger the total. <laughs> the better for me sooner. It's funny you bring that up. Uh, my biggest, I think, failure in powerlifting when I was younger, you know, even younger than you, is I, I competed in single ply. When I was at Penn State, the only way to compete was in single ply USAPL. That was that was the route that you went down. Um, you know, I lost muscle mass doing that because, you know, you're, you're training the lift more than you are the muscle group. Um, but aside from that, it took me nine months to learn my venture. And right before the meet, I got my first full lift. Like it, it was just too mm-hmm. much time. It takes and, a lot of time. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're not you're not training. You're you're just trying to learn the technique of the shirt. And uh, you know, I, I absolutely hated it. And if I could go back, like I would take those two years and just lift mostly raw, maybe in like briefs. Um, I, I do think briefs save your hips. So if you ever see somebody with a loose pair that's getting rid of them, I would suggest picking them up. Um, I have bad hips now. Uh, I'm five six years older than you are. Uh, so I, I wish I would have spent more time in briefs, but I wish I don't even think bench shirts should exist. I think they're a waste of time. And uh, deadlift suits, I it, I think it depends on like how you pull. Mm-hmm. I really do, and I don't know how much you know. If you're already at 900, 950, I don't know how much you're more you could possibly get out of a of a suit. Uh, for me, it always pulled my hips out of position, and you know the most I ever got out of it was five pounds. So like my my raw lift was you know not very good but uh my single ply lift was only five pounds higher than that so for me it wasn't even worth it you know you end up with with cuts and stuff in your legs for no reason but you know to each their own um have you thought about doing like the figure eight straps and all that stuff like the strongman do i don't really have an interest in doing a strongman event like that no but honestly all i bought the suit for was to maybe pull a thousand faster or maybe get that overload out of it okay you know, if I could pull a thousand in a suit, maybe I could pull twenty pounds more raw. Okay, so same technique as like the knee wraps. You know, kind of like an overload. Yeah. yeah, I know. Uh, I mean, it would still be cool to see a single ply like with the the figure eight straps and everything, because that's how mm-hmm. the strongmen do it. And now they're doing like uh, Thor just did that deadlift only thing, just so he could break the record. Yeah. And how much was that? Do you know? It was eleven. 1101 or something like that. Okay, so that's a little ways away. So yeah. it's not something where you could just throw the suit on and try to compete with them guys. Mm-hmm. But it would still be Well, cool. four is also 6'9", like 430 pounds. I mean, don't play downplay how big you are, though. I'm, I'm <laughs> over 100 pounds less body weight. <laughs> still a big dude. Um, all right, so let's let's talk about squat training a little bit. Um, you know, you kind of alluded to that being a little bit of your weak point, uh, and that's something that you're trying to progress uh, what are you doing to try to get that higher? 
right now it's just a lot of bar variations in volume. Um, I, in my opinion, it takes at least four weeks of something new to carry over in your training or it's benefiting you in some kind of way. So right now I'm doing like, I just finished up four, four or five weeks of camber bar squats. You know, I'm doing eights, fives, triples, and then I'll switch bars. So now I'm going to switch over to the SSB. And a lot of this has to do with my shoulders too. So my right shoulder, if you, ever, if you ever watch my bench, my right arm lags a lot. And that's because I snapped my wrist in two pieces and I have like no mobility. So since I don't have the mobility in my wrist, if I get under a heavy press, my shoulder tries to take over. How'd you snap it up? Uh, I was very irresponsible on a racing fooler when I was 20. On a racing what? <laughs> on a racing fooler. I had a quad. Went oh. to the track. Yeah. Is that what you call them? What's a that? racing fooler? Fooler. Oh, four-wheeler. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's funny. Like, State College is uh, it, it's, I, it's smack in the middle of, like, Pittsburgh and Philly. Mm-hmm. And uh, most of my friends, when I went to Penn State, were uh, were from Pittsburgh. And they called things, like, stuff that I never even understand. Completely different. Yeah, yeah. like a shopping cart is a buggy. And a rubber band <laughs> is, a, is a gum band. I'm like, dude, you're you're speaking another language another right language. now. Yeah. And uh, But you just kind of merge all them words together, so I wasn't sure. But, uh, yeah, I mean um, – yeah, yeah. So you snap that up. Um, I've always been a big like. You don't train conjugate at all, right? No. But no. maybe some principles here and there. I don't think anything even close, honestly. No. Maybe like a bench block here and there. I use reverse bands. This is about the closest thing to a band. You know, yeah. what I mean, just getting those overloads. But pretty much all my training is raw, one hundred percent. Like, I don't really use chains. I don't use anything like that. No variable resistance whatsoever? No. Okay. When uh, So I ran conjugate for, like, the last year, year and a half uh, of college. and But the only way I, I could conceptualize it was to do it in four-week blocks. Because every time I switched a variation, I needed time to get good at it. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to, you know, floor press and not floor press again for eight weeks and just feel like I'm doing it again for the first time. Yep. It, it, it never made sense to me to have that much variation. And I'm sure that, you know, um, you know, some of the, the guys that are really proficient in that training could, could explain that to me. But for me, I didn't have anybody that I could ask. Uh, you know, I read the books and everything, and it still didn't make sense. So I've always found that four-week blocks, because your first week is like an accumulation, like you're just getting used to the bar. The second week, you have something to beat. And then you start setting goals after that second week. You know, okay, I'm going to hit this my third week, and my fourth week, I'm going to make sure I hit this. And then I'm sure that's what you're doing when you transfer over to the, the safety squat bar is you're going to do that, right? Like you're going to have your first week and then try to progress. Yeah. Yep. Every, almost everything that I do, and it's the most simple thing, and people like bash on this, but just linear progression. That has been my training since yeah. like day one, and it has gotten me this far. And until it completely stops working, I'm going to continue to do it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, guys are – I get messages from some people, and they're like, oh, you know, you should try this and that and this and that. And I'm like, listen, what I'm doing right now has worked, yeah. and until it stops, that's what I'm going to keep doing, whether, you know, the public likes to see it or not. It's just how it is. Do you get messages, like, from people that aren't as strong as you telling you what to do? Oh, for sure. Yeah, 100%. That's awesome. They've never, they've never been through what you're doing. Um, yeah, so I uh, – it's interesting because a lot of the conjugate lifters, you know, they're, they're like when Donnie set the 3000 record, I think he was 44, 
46. Like, he was, he was older. And a lot of these guys are lifting all the way until, you know, older age. I don't see as many, you know, raw lifters. I don't see as many people that do straight weight like you do lifting as long. And maybe I'm sure they're out there, but I just don't see it. So the the part of me that wants to migrate towards conjugate is in the, the health part, the mm-hmm. health on the joints, right? Um, you know, squatting to a box is probably better for your hips over a long period of time than free squatting. Uh, whether the variable resistance implemented or not, maybe that doesn't matter. Um, and then having a day where you're at, you know, 50 to 60% load with a band or something, maybe that's easier on the hips. And uh, so it's just hard to, to figure out if, you know, if you need to progress for, you know, you start at 19-ish, and if you need to progress to, say, 30 to hit that all-time world record, you know, to me, looking at a program would really come down to, you know, what's going to keep me healthy to get there. Like, I, like you know that over time, you know, you're going to add 10 pounds a year to your deadlift. You know, so how do you do it and stay healthy? And I, I think that that's like the hardest part in picking a program. So. Yeah. So I do, for the most part, I do all my own stuff, like all my own training. And, but I've mixed things up and tried different things for so many years now, or just another few years I've been in it, um, that I just know what is going to fatigue me from session to session, what's going to keep me fresh. And yeah. literally I just base everything is around staying fresh for the next time I go in. Like deadlifts, I know I can't pull two weeks in a row heavy. Like I only pull heavy every ten to fourteen days. Right. And the middle, the middle day has to be something light, like something stupid light. And you learned that the hard way. Well, I mean, it just makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I've definitely, I've definitely went into the deadlift sessions, and my lower back felt like it was going to split in two pieces. Yeah. And I was like, oh well, you know, I probably shouldn't be lifting heavy this early yet. (laughs) Yeah, deadlifting a day after squatting, like yeah, yeah, some things just don't really make sense. Yep, um, I try to try to squat first, put bench in the middle, deadlift at the end of the week. Okay. Now, uh, another thing that's that's pretty – I keep mentioning Donnie. Uh, I, I like him a lot. If You fo- you should follow him on Instagram. Mm-hmm. He's phenomenal. Um, but one thing he always talks about is how the best way to build your deadlift is through building your squat. Mm-hmm. And he's not a big proponent of deadlifting year-round. But you, you pull for the most part year-round, right? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. In some way. Yeah, like right now, I'm even, I even changed it up. I've been pulled stiff bar lately. I'm going to do like four weeks of stiff bar. What's the method? Like, what's the idea behind that? It's just a lot of hamstrings. I think it's a lot more hamstrings for me. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're still full pulling from the ground, yeah. right? You're not doing mm-hmm. like a stiff leg or an RDL or anything like that? Say like uh, my best set of 10 is like either 675 or 700 i can take a couple pounds less than that on a stiff bar and make it harder i mean if it's making it harder then when i go back to a regular deadlift bar then it should be easier right in theory (laughs) in theory so i'm taking four weeks of stiff bar getting some work in and then i'll go from there i'll go back to deadlift bar and just do deadlift bar volume yeah, it, it's funny just the, the way you think. Like, everything makes sense. Like, it has a, a pragmatism to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you a lot of times when people go in the gym, they want to do things that are the easiest. And you're trying to figure out what's the hardest. Oh, I was I was guilty of that for a long time. Oh, yeah. I wanted to do whatever I want to. but You wanted to show off know, a little bit? Knock on wood. <laughs> actually, sometimes that helped me a little bit, only because I think, you know, just a decent lifter. Yeah. And got away from, you know, got away with it is all it was. But yeah. And you got healthy. I, I think, um, you know, people talk about genetics and bodybuilding, and you can only get so far if you don't have superior genetics. I think it goes the same way for, for powerlifting too, but I think it's more related to injury. 
mm-hmm. like certain body types and structures I think are more prone to injury. You know, a guy who's played sports all his life, you know, your body has focused on like mobility and, you know, strength and even like the little tendons and, and small ligaments and stuff, all of that stuff is strengthened because you've been active your entire life. And then you take somebody who's, you know, they were, you know, in the in the basement playing, you know, Call of Duty their whole life, and then they come out and they want to start being a power lifter. I just don't feel like they have the same, you know, structural capacity. You know, they're not going to be able to handle that kind of weight. I agree with that because I know guys that, well, actually, I think any any person, any guy in powerlifting right now that has a huge total and hasn't been injured, better be knock on wood because they're super, super lucky, and I am 100% grateful that I haven't had any injuries because I know some, some guys that should be super strong, they pick up a bar and they tear a hamstring. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me, but that makes you realize that, like, hey, like, really, really lucky that you know, I'm in a position that I am. Yeah. Well, at least you recognize it now, and you're doing, you know, your, your training program, uh, you know, whatever else you're doing for recovery is kind of revolving around, like, I might get hurt, let's not get hurt, mm-hmm. right? So at least you're thinking about it. I was, yeah. I never even thought about it. So I had a, a really bad deadlift. I've, I had a good squat, a pretty good bench, and I had a really bad deadlift. So I was the opposite of you. And um, I tried to train my deadlift twice a week, and I did that for six months, and it put five pounds on my deadlift. It was a complete <laughs> was it waste. Worth it? No, yeah. complete and you might have got ten from doing less. I couldn't. Uh, so right after college, I moved out to California, and I couldn't walk for six months because my hips were just shot. I was pulling sumo, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm not. Well, that's your first problem. Oh yeah, I know. It didn't help at all. <laughs> uh, but, but in single ply, I thought like maybe it'll be more like my squat. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't. It was a huge mistake, uh, and I never pulled anything good. But the, the kid that beat me pulled like 804, I think, and. Uh, you know, my top pool was like 560-something. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, I, I beat him on squat. I beat him on bench by 100 pounds. So after sub uh, subtotal, I went in, you know, ahead of him. He pulled his opener. That was it. He didn't need to pull any other lifts. Yeah, it's done. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know him, Ian Bell? No. No. He's a, he's a 198-er, and he pulled, yeah, I think he pulled like 804 or something. Uh, but he does like the Arnold Classic uh, USAPL venues and stuff like that, so. Um, man, we were just talking. Oh yeah, speaking of Arnold Classic, how was uh, Animal Cage? Animal Cage was probably one of the coolest things I've ever done. Really? Yeah. What? I don't even think it was so much the event; it was the people. Like yeah. some of the some of these people on social media, their Instagram, Facebook, whatever portrays them as like a completely different person as they are in person. Like it's all the time. Like some like some of these dudes, I thought like, oh, that guy's probably a dick. You know what I mean? Like, fuck that guy. And then I meet him in person, and he's the first one to shake my hand and like welcome me in. Yeah. And it just it opens your eyes completely. So I think it was definitely definitely the atmosphere and the people. Like everyone in the cage was awesome. I talked to everybody, made a lot of friends. You know, yeah. Everybody's really cool. You probably, I mean, that was what two years ago, year and a half ago now. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you were twenty three. I mean, you probably commanded a lot of respect just walking in there at 23 years old and mm-hmm. doing a pause deadlift at 900 pounds. So I imagine, like, you know, people are going to be friendly towards Yeah, I think you. the atmosphere must have had something to do with that pause because I don't think I've been that strong since then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's, you know, that's another thing that, um, you know, I always bring up when people start talking about, like, Westside Barbell and East Coast, right? Like, just the atmosphere itself. Like if It you, makes the difference 100%. If you could lift with Teeters, Nick, Nam, you know, Leyland and the other guys that you were talking about all the time, you know, you'd, you'd probably be at 940 on your tech list. I try to take this into perspective sometimes, but I know people preach, like, 
you'll how how do I say it? You're only as good as an athlete as your training partners. Yeah. I don't have any. Yeah. Like my day to day routine, unless I travel to lift with, you know, Nick and Huntington or some of the other dudes, I'm by myself. Like yeah. all I have is a couple of my guys that I know that give me a spot on bench or something. You yeah. know what I mean? Like if I'm twenty two thirty, like by myself, like sometimes I think like, well, you know, how much further would I be right now if, if I had a crew every day? Yeah. But it might also influence you to do dumb stuff, right? Like well, I know, think I'm past that point. Yeah. we're never past this you know <laughs> just like the quad thing you don't think if you jumped on one and your friends are racing around that well, you're gonna was, try to keep up i got a few good years on me since then <laughs> beneficial years yeah but you know let's say you're training like a, a two rep or something and you know nick's pulling you know i mean you're gonna pull for more than all of them but you know you might want to try to hit something you know maybe five ten pounds more than you you should have and that's i feel like that's always when injuries occur so you it, mean like little competitions yeah 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 because that's what drives you to be better but at the mm -hmm. same time it, it drives injury as well so yeah the uh i think being able to lift in the animal cage is like every powerlifter's goal i was supposed to go again then the covid thing yeah. yeah yeah are you gonna go this year if they have it it's literally it's always like a last minute thing like i always get the heads up maybe like 10 weeks out or something like that yeah where are you as far as like rankings on the deadlift uh number one in america i have the american record with 915 so you you beat the other guy uh what was that kaler no no him? no steve johnson had the all-american record at okay. 909 okay. and then i took it maybe like a couple months later with 915 that was i'm trying to think you could find it on open powerlifting Um, I think I'm right. Yeah, I'm, I'd be second. I'd be right below him. I think in 308s. Um, below who? KK. Okay. Uh, he has the 939. It's the all-time world record. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's just crazy. To even I mean, we can it. look and correct me if I'm wrong. You know, I'm yeah. not making assumptions. But I mean, we'll we'll look it up and put a little thing in the video so right. people know where your rankings at. Uh, so you said you're trying to squat 900 or squat 900 too, right? Yeah, I mean it's 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 gonna come. It's coming. Yeah, I tried 880 in my meet in July, and uh, I mean it didn't feel any heavier than my second attempt. But I just I rushed the setup, and my feet were pretty close together. So once I got to the hole, I was in a bad position. So I didn't even I just let it go. Had him take it. I hate squatting on that carpet. Yeah. Yeah, it's different. There's nothing safe about that. Mm. Like I I don't know how the multiply guys do it with their feet all the way out. Yeah. Like, I, I would just think that it, it's going to slide out. You know, there's just baby powder on the platform and chalk and all that crap, you know, dirt. Squat shoes probably save their lives. Yeah, I guess. Like, I don't <laughs> know if chucks are, like, that, you know, <laughs> sticky to be able to hold them on. So, what is your best bench? I've benched five even in the gym probably two to three times now. Okay. But in a meet, it's 479. So, maybe your bench is... You think you're... Yes, my bench needs work. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, your bench is higher than mine, so it's hard to be like, yeah, your bench sucks. I like. I basically have a poverty bench for 308s. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of them guys, they're, you know, they're, they're probably not as tall as you in 308s. They're filled out as far mm -hmm. as, like, roundness. Um, you know, they're probably not as lean as you. I mean, there's a couple guys that are, but, you know, I, I feel like when you start getting in 308s and super heavies, like, you know, them guys are yeah. bowling balls. Mm -hmm. Like, even Dave Hoff at... You know, I, I think he's five nine, five ten at best. I do take a lot of pride in that. I'm I'm no like fifteen percent body fat, but I'm yeah. probably one of the leanest three oh eights in my opinion. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. it just but it compromises your bench press, uh, right? Because your your leverages are going to be different. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like to be strong, but I want to look like I lift weights yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. What uh What made you go into powerlifting instead of bodybuilding? Like, you ever think about going that route when you were younger? Mm, I think it's just because I thought I had potential just to be good in general, but I never had any idea that I would be this far. Okay. When I broke the All-American record, I didn't even know. Yeah, that tells you right did, there. Did I they did, count it? Because I think you have to, like, tell the judges ahead of time, right? Yeah. Yeah, they counted it. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's on open powerlifting and everything. I mean, it's official. Yeah. But I didn't even know. Like, I, I went up and pulled it, and I was like, oh, yeah, hell yeah. I just pulled over 900 pounds. But so my goal was to pull 900 but my second attempt moved so fast, I just said, I'm just going to pull nine. I'm just, I didn't pick 915 as just a number. I didn't pick it to break any record. I just picked it. And I'm like, that's, that's what I'm going to pull. And I pulled it. And then I found out later, I'm like, oh shit, like, I just broke the All American deadlift record. Was everybody, like, either ridiculously loud or, like, dead silent when you pulled it? No, they were cheering. They were cheering. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of buddies there. And then I knew some people there. So I think everybody in general just got like riled up with them like they started and then everybody followed yeah when people see like all-time world records especially you know i go to a decent amount of local meets and some bigger ones but like nobody pulls 900 you know mm -hmm. you, you might maybe might see like a 750 deadlift yeah. at best um so to see somebody pull 900 that's like a you know once a every decade type thing mm -hmm. so you know, you're that guy i'm that guy <laughs> <laughs> what are you uh what are you doing to help build your bench uh, right now, I'm doing a lot of volume, adding more bench days. I was benching three times a week for the last couple of weeks. Now I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna back it back down to two. Okay. Yeah. Three a lot of a lot. Yeah, I'm adding in some speed work and just trying to chip away at the triceps. I think it's a big thing for me. I need to build up my triceps. I got long arms and a wide back, so I can really load the bench hard at the bottom. Yeah. Every all the time, I blow it off my chest every time, but I get like halfway three quarters away and then that's where i slow down at have you do you do any like partial range of motion stuff like board presses you know uh, boards sometimes yeah sometimes yep um and you'll do your progression like your four-week progressions mm -hmm. with it uh what about floor pressing no i'm not a really big floor presser yeah yeah is it because you're not good at it or is it because it you don't think it has any carry you know over? what i might still be guilty of this i think it's because i don't like to do it yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> there you go now you have yeah. your next four-week block exactly <laughs> What uh, what about like accessory movements? Do you think there's anything that has any carryover, like dips, uh, you know, dumbbell pressing, barbell pressing? I can't do dips. Dips destroy my shoulders. Yeah, yeah. And I've even heard of other coaches saying that they can only give certain athletes dips because some it'll make them, some it'll break them. That actually come from Josh Bryant. That's where. Okay. I watched the video the, of Josh the Bryant. Guy? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, He's an insane bench coach. Yeah. yeah. He. Uh, I, I've always found like for me personally. If I can do like good weighted dips for a good amount of volume, I don't even need to know, and I like I know where my bench is. I don't have to test it. Like I, I know it's going to be at this point. Yeah. So it's one of those movements for me. If if I'm good at it, like I know it's helping me with the bench press. But if you can't do it, you can't do well, it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I can I can lay down like 40 dips in a set, but I'm toast for weeks afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my sternum separates. So the uh, the next day when I wake up, like it feels like a, like a car is sitting on my chest, and then it takes me like another day to recover from it. So yeah, it dips tear me up something awful. Yeah, what uh, if you had to pick like variations or accessory work for like the big three, mm -hmm. what would you think has the best? Like if somebody's watching and they're you know a four hundred pound squatter, three hundred pound bencher, maybe a five hundred pound deadlifter, you know, so they're in the intermediate early intermediate stages. 
you know, is there anything that you think is like law, you know, that, that they should be doing to help build that stuff up? I think it's, I think a lot of it, you just have to find what works for you. But I'll tell you my favorite accessories for a squat and deadlift are straight legs, dumbbell or barbell. I stand on a plate to get the extra stretch. I do a lot of leg extensions, like four by 25s. I'll do like 100 four of them. Four by 25? Yep. Yeah, well, she hates me because I make her do four by twenty-five lap pull downs. <laughs> it everything for me is super high volume. I I just think you know, you get bigger, you get stronger. But even bodybuilders don't train at twenty-fives. I just I love the blood flow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see, uh, straight legs. Do a lot of leg extensions. I do a close stance leg press. Do a lot of those after uh, after I deadlift. Okay. Just get the extra blood flow. Yeah, in your quads. Leg curls and uh, like, uh, I want to say, back raises or back extensions, whatever you want to call them. Do yeah. a lot of those. They're, uh, they're my favorite. I, uh, I've, anytime somebody preps for a meet or if I'm helping them program, I always put them in twice a week and mm-hmm. I put them in banded. Uh, I just think that if you have strong erectors, if the muscle going down your spine is strong, then you're going to be able to stay in the right position when you're squatting. And you're going to be able to stay in the right position when you're deadlifting. Yeah. And positioning is everything. If you start a deadlift like this, you know, you're obviously not you're going to be able to finish worse. it. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to get stuck. You yeah. can't finish a lift if you're starting with a rounded back, especially if you're going for a PR or something big. And the same thing with squatting. If, if your back can't stay erect, that bar is going to go forwards. You're going to end up in that same position, and your hips are going to shoot up, and you're going to have to good morning that thing, and that's the only hope that you have. I've, I've done this different ways. I've done it banded. I've held, like, 45-pound plates and done them and stuff like that. Just mix it up. you have any preference? You think one yeah, works? Yeah, not really, other? honestly. Man, I swear by banded. Yeah. Yeah. I um, What about glue hammer raises? Do you do any of them? Yeah. Uh, I think I get in phases with those. I'll do those for a while, and then I'll kind of slack off on them, then I'll get back into They're them. They're hard. Yeah, they are. Uh, we, uh, you know, we bought the one with the the rotating pads over there, and uh, you know, I got a really good deal on it. It's a Powerlift brand, which I like a lot for their equipment. And uh, you know, we bought it. I used it for the first three weeks. I haven't touched it since. You know, I used the lean on <laughs> after the leg press. Yeah, that's about it. So yeah, you know, I definitely go in phases with that stuff too. Um, what about like recovery? Like, what are you doing for recovery as far as like food? Uh, you know, stretching, mobility, like that kind of stuff. Uh, I can't say I do a whole lot of stretching after, but I like my warm-ups. I over-exaggerate my warm-ups. Okay. Um, recovery. I can't say that I really like, other than taking a day off, that I do anything specific for it. So, like, if you have a hard training session, you're not making sure you eat? Oh, I eat, I eat a lot no matter what. Every day, I'm pounding food. <laughs> okay. But, so, that, uh, that's your recovery? I though? feel like my lifestyle is a little bit different than most big lifters in, you know, maybe my category. Because, you know, maybe they're just training and maybe just doing their life stuff. But, like, I have other hobbies that I like to do, like, no matter if I'm in prep or not. Yeah. And, like, like hunting. You know, I hike constantly. I drag her through the woods all the time. But that could be a form of active recovery. Yeah. And and you, no, you, know, you don't have that, to. No, I've thought yeah. about that, yeah. And you don't have to think about it because yep. it's something you'd be doing either something way. Something I love to do. I hike. Yeah. I think that's great. All I think the, time. the more people move, you know, the more blood flow mm-hmm. you're getting in, it just makes sense. You don't like it as much. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, I, I see you hunt a lot too. Yeah. Has that been something that you do since you were a kid? Oh, I live for it. Yeah. If I if I had to be honest, I would probably rather hunt than lift. I think that's fair. Yeah. It, 
by any chance, do you know uh, Paul Kemper? Mm-mm. No, he's he was a younger guy. I think he's close to your age, but uh, he was at Penn State when I was graduating. I think he was coming in as a freshman, and he's a uh, photographer and videographer for a hunting magazine. So they moved him out to like Montana, and he'll go on like you know a couple week like trips just out in the woods with people uh, to get these photos of you know hunters and animals and all this stuff. It's it's really cool. Hmm. Uh, you know, it, it seems like uh, it's everything you know somebody could want in life that that enjoys that lifestyle yeah. and that hobby. So, it, what do you hunt? If it moves, <laughs> mainly mainly deer and turkey and bear. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't know if you would uh, be able to make it over here. You know, as far as like living over here, all living over here. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. There, as soon as I seen the traffic, I was like, ah, yeah. <laughs> there's some like like there's a good amount of, of my customers that do hunt uh, and hike and that kind of stuff, but just the the overall culture over here is different. You know, for mm-hmm. a while, um, my fiance, she's she's well was vegan and uh, you know every time i ate a piece of meat i was getting a lecture <laughs> you know <laughs> i just don't think you'd be able to tolerate that no no she's lucky she's not vegan <laughs> yeah sorry you probably eat enough food for the both of you <laughs> all 100 percent. she can slam some seafood though i witnessed that firsthand yeah. i was shocked <laughs> I, i'll tell you what when I, when i lived in state college there's nothing like the amount of homes. I'm, how far are you from State College? Hour and a half. Oh, you're that far? Yeah. I didn't realize that. But uh, just the restaurants up there, like you get massive amounts of food, and it costs very little compared to here. And uh, like it was just, uh, for me, I went from maybe 160 pounds, and then I got up to 215 within like a year, year and a half. And it just, just from the extra portions? Yeah. And like, of course, <laughs> like I wanted to get there. Um, but, like, just the, the readily available, just, like, home-style food. You mm-hmm. know, there was this restaurant over near the uh, the Walmart on Atherton. It's not there anymore. Um, but I would go there with my girlfriend at the time, and I would eat two meals. She would have a meal, and I would have, like, like a shake with it, like a ice cream shake. And I think that the bill every time was, like, 20 bucks. Yeah. Like, how do you? No, we, we love finding, like, little, little places like that. Yeah. So where I hunt in Maryland, there's this little gas station, and it looks like the most run-down beat place you've ever seen. But you walk in and they have like a, a little deli and like a kitchen back there and maybe like three tables for you to sit at. But it is amazing food and there's a lot of it. Yeah. In Maryland, huh? I think we got, we went there the other morning and we got uh, sausage and gravy over biscuits with home fries. And I'm, dude, these plates were like this. They were massive. And I think we paid like 25 bucks for both of us. And it- there's honestly nothing more romantic than eating at a gas station, right? Exactly, 100%. And I just drug her two miles through the woods before that. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's still she here. She puts up a with thing. a lot, yeah. for real. <laughs> yeah, do you have any uh, food preferences? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I feel like what I like is what I stick to. I don't. I really don't try a lot of new stuff. But, like, do you eat, like, eat chicken, venison, uh, you know, beef, turkey, eat it all? A lot of turkey burger. Yeah, yeah. That's a new thing for me. I, I started eating that like maybe a year ago, and okay. I've just been on it like solid pound. Huh. Turkey burger, jasmine rice. There is no other rice than jasmine rice because yeah. all the other rice sucks. Yeah, I agree. Brown rice sucks. It's brown. brown it's just dried. It's I, nasty. I can't cook it the right way. No matter yeah. what, it's like hard, and I feel like it's gonna chip my tooth. Yeah. Um, what's a, a day in the life of of you eating? If I'm actually in prep and I need to eat, yeah. uh, probably like. Two packets of instant oatmeal in the morning, four or five eggs, and then uh, like a probably at least three meals of turkey burger and rice, 
in it probably eight ounces a piece. Okay. About, it, about like that. And then I'll take those little, uh, I forget what they're called, like little bins or something like that, or packets of uh, jasmine rice, but you throw them in the microwave for a minute and they're done. Yeah, it's Uncle perfect. Ben's, I think. Yeah, Uncle yeah. Ben's. I have a whole thing of one of those with each meal. And then uh, if I have to, I'll eat some more eggs, but I'll put them with jasmine rice too. But probably around at least six meals a day. That's a lot. Sometimes seven. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever thought about consolidating them and just eating bigger meals so you don't have to eat as frequent? Sometimes. Well, I will. But I'll I'll put maybe like two or three meals in one big thing and I'll eat on it. So yeah. I, might, I might eat six times a day, but I'm eating out of one container and eating a meal's worth out of it. So you're just bringing a trough to work? Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I uh, At one point, I was trying to eat like all arch beats every day just to keep my weight up because my my body naturally wants to be 130 pounds so when i was young and i got up to 215 which i know is very light to you but for me it was very heavy like if i didn't eat i would drop 10 pounds overnight Mm -hmm. and it it would happen often so i would always try to force feed myself with like dirty food you don't eat anything dirty oh 100 percent well like i mean yeah i don't eat clean all the time we're all clean yeah that's if if i'm like getting ready for a meet if I'm like close to a meet and okay. I'm, I try to make sure everything's kind of like on point okay but other, I mean it just depends on my body weight too like if I'm falling behind like I like to be right around that 300 pound mark when I compete but if not like I'm cool with being you know 285 290 if I'm, if I'm falling behind I'll just start eating whatever I want you know because you just calorie it. intake for me well that's the best position you can be in is to be under your weight class so you can mm-hmm. eat into it you know that's another thing I see um you know we get a lot of of uh, younger, uh, newer lifters that are competing, and they're like, "Yeah, my coach has me cutting for my first meet. Why? Yeah, like what? I, just, I don't understand it. I would like, never cut for meet ever. Your first, no meet, matter what. Not, the only, the only thing I could ever consider is if you're at like a world meet, right? So yeah, like, like trying to break some kind of it's a yeah, it's a total big record deal. or something. You're, yeah, yeah, you're gonna break an all time world record, or you're gonna be like a world champion for mm-hmm. that year. There, that's the only reason I could ever think it makes sense i no, used I to compete at uh in 198s but most of the time i was 202 so i wouldn't cut down i would just compete in 220 that's fine i'll just eat all the way in mm-hmm. and while you guys are trying to cut weight you know i'll just lift more so it just always made sense to me so i don't think i would ever cut for 275 because the last couple of years all the weight classes from 198 to 308 and even super heavy like this year like dan bell did like 2500 some pounds yeah. raw yeah, there is there is no manageable like record in any of these classes. They're all like super super high, like ridiculous numbers for the people's body weight. Is that what Dan Bell is? He's a two seventy five. No, no, he's a super oh. heavy. Oh, okay. Yeah, he probably weighed like four hundred pounds. Yeah, I was gonna that. say he yeah. looks big. So you, yeah, when you were talking about two seventy five, I'm like, yeah. he must be short or something. <laughs> but yeah, it's cool. I heard he's uh he's gonna do like some gear lifting now. Yeah, yeah. I think I I seen him in uh. A bench shirt. I think yeah. he's been messing around with the bench shirt. It'd be cool to see somebody do something so significant in both categories, mm-hmm. right? And kind of end the stigma and just kind of open up powerlifting. I think he did compete in gear. Yeah. yeah not long did. ago. Yeah, I think he squatted. I think he's. I think he tried to squat twelve hundred pounds. I think he squatted <laughs> eleven. Crazy. I think he squatted eleven. I think he might have missed twelve. Oh yeah, his belt. His belt like broke or something. Like he was almost down, and his belt come on. I guess that's what happens when you're 400 pounds. <laughs> that or have 1,200 pounds in your bag. One, two. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, you know, I, I think we we kind of drilled you enough with the questions. Um, if people want to follow you 
it's the best way on Instagram. That's where you're like most active. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, what's your handle? It's unleash underscore the underscore weast. That's how you say your last name, weast. Weast. Oh, I got it right. Yeah. Imagine that. Uh, so yeah, I, I think everybody should follow you. Super exciting to watch, and I think that they can you know see your progressions and how you're doing things.